welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to this week's podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church. We're so glad that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you're tuning in, and it's certainly our prayer that uh, our faith is strengthened, our discipleship is deepened and more mature, and that God is glorified through what we do. We're so glad you join us today, and of course, as always with me in the studio today is my friend, my colleague, the woman with the good shoes. Pastor Stephanie, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you for asking. I um, am excited about this covenant series that we're in. I have to ask you, I, this is not on script, so Gosh. I do this often, don't I? Where I it's fun often. for us to do this to <laughs> each other. This isn't in the notes, That's but right. let me ask but you this let question. Let me ask you this question. I'm just curious, where, when did God put this series on your heart and how? Oh, wow. That's a, a great question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to think. I, I knew um, coming off vacation this mm-hmm. year, you know, the, the end of July, I'd, I'd felt for some time that God had laid it on my heart to preach on the church. Yeah. Uh, and we could have done a lot more and gone a lot farther with mm-hmm. that series, but yeah. uh, didn't feel that need. But it was shortly when I was thinking about the church that when we talk about the church, we are a covenant community. Right. And so I, I guess it was probably in the middle of the summer, just thinking ahead and planning ahead that, that God laid that on my heart. And yeah. of course, I, I realized that my understanding and my view of covenant is a lot different than some other people's. Right. And, and it's not to say mine's better or worse. Uh-huh. I just, when somebody uses the word covenant, yeah. That is a red letter word that says this is not something to be taken lightly. And we, we talked some yeah. about that last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also know that covenant is key to our understanding how it is God relates to people. Right. Uh, you know, if you start in Genesis and go through Revelation, that idea of covenant continually comes yeah. up. Yeah, which I love that you brought that up and the way that you're helping us to understand that because I feel like it is very much taken for granted that covenant is kind of an old way of doing things. Right. Which is funny because it is an old way. It is an old way. (laughs) It's been around for a long time. (laughs) But it's great because it's still so relevant to, like you said, how God chooses to relate to us. And, And so many of us, especially in this culture, I feel like we dismiss the idea of covenant because we are such an individualistic culture. Right. You know, and and not as much of a community-based culture. I mean, if you look at cultures around the world, America is very individual. And yeah, it, you know, so. be all we can be, you know, be all you can be right, kind of exactly. thing. And the whole idea of Christian community is that it is a covenant community. And one yeah. of the things I always remember, and, and this may come up in the series, I, I think I may have shared it once before, mm-hmm. when I was going through the process of ordination and the process when I was coming out of seminary was you applied first to be ordained a deacon. Right. And I remember that interview and walking out of that interview I just felt like I had been beat up and, oh, no. you know, went out in the hall and I buried my face in my hands. Uh-huh. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I just failed this interview. Oh, no. I'm not going to be ordained. Uh, and I think that's how they wanted it to be. They wanted you not to skirt through. They wanted to make yeah. it hard on you. Yeah. And 
when I went back in and they said, well, you know, after we've talked about this, you want to know that we have voted to approve you for being ordained. It's like, yeah. oh, whew. Whew. Uh, <laughs> but, but then the, the chair of the committee said, one of the things we want you to understand is when you're ordained, you become part of a covenant community. Mm-hmm. And I kind of remember in, you know, my sick sense of humor thinking, oh, do I get to know the secret handshake? Right. Now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but it, it always stuck with me that uh-huh. the kind of community that we are part of is a covenant community and a person doesn't have to be ordained Mm -mm. to experience that except that we're ordained through our baptism and and baptism is that right of initiation into this covenant community that God has with people. I just love that. I think it's great. I honestly didn't intend for us to go that deep this early on in the podcast (laughs) because I wanted to also introduce our sound technician, our producer, the man with the headphones. It Jeff Smith, who is here. I, with I was us sitting today. here wondering, how are we going to get back to I making know. sure everybody knows <laughs> Jeff's in the studio with Jeff, us today? Jeff, you want to say a word of hello? Hello. <laughs> I, I was going to say it's just going to be hello, and it's going to be really deep. Really deep, exactly. <laughs> but I, I did want to give a shout out to Jeff uh, for everybody listening because he's doing this really cool thing. If you have not checked out Facebook on Wednesdays, we're doing a thing called take five on Wednesdays and it's a recap of the highlights of the sermon and Jeff is the mastermind behind the editing process where he picks out the things that that are the key points of the sermon which is so great because I think it gives people a snapshot of what happened on Sunday but he also throws in a link there where you can listen to the full sermon as well so if you have not checked out Facebook on Wednesdays take a look yeah it's it's a really great thing and it's not because it just recaps the sermon Mm -hmm. but if somebody needs a midweek reminder now what was said they don't have to watch the whole thing it brings out that main point right or if they're wanting to introduce a friend yeah uh, they can share the post and say hey this is kind of what it's like if you're being a disciple at saint andrews exactly i love that so anyhow well uh, glad we can all be here mutual admiration society patting each other on the back feeling really good uh (laughs) We're just so glad you are here, and let me just kind of refresh what we learned the first week of this series, that that covenant is how God relates to human beings, and uh, originally when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, there is a covenant. That's how God related, but Adam and Eve broke that covenant, Mm -hmm. and God could have wiped everything out, but no, God's got a different plan, and it is through a series of covenants that God reveals this plan to us. And the first one that we looked at was actually the covenant with Abraham where God said to this old man and old woman who were past childbearing years, hey, I am going to give you a son. And Abraham, you are going to be a father of a great nation, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to give you this land to your descendants. And, and part of what we learned through that covenant is God commits himself. God binds himself mm-hmm. to humanity through this covenant. And our response just faith. Right. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I loved how this past Sunday you you took it to really one of the next covenants that we read about in the Old Testament. And that is the covenant that God makes with Moses. And right. the thing I loved was how you differentiated between that covenant and the covenant God makes with Abraham. Um, because it's still this continuation of this redemptive process that God is working on to bring us back into the family. Uh, But there's this special difference about the covenant with Moses, and you called it a conditional covenant. So tell us a little more about that. Well, the idea of condition is, 
you know, it's like if you were talking to your kids and they said, you know, Mom, Dad, we, we really want to go to Disney World. Yeah. And you would say, well, um, okay, going to Disney World could be good, but you have to be really good <laughs> yeah, to right. go to, to <laughs> Disney World. So, you know, if you make your bed every morning, uh-huh. if you, you know, make straight A's to school, you know, right. whatever it might be, <laughs> uh, it's the condition. If you do this, then this is what I will do. And yeah. this is really how the covenant with Moses shapes up. That's what it said there in Exodus chapter 19 was God says, if you obey this covenant, yeah. then I will bless you. I, I had a guy, church member in, in uh, the church I served in Tulsa, and, and he had a saying, and it's one of those things I think about, and sometimes I think, you know, he was really right, and other times I think, oh, no, he was missing it just a little mm-hmm. bit. But it really makes sense in light of the covenant with Moses. And what he said was, uh, blessings follow obedience. Oh, I love that. If you do this, mm-hmm. this is what happened. If you're faithful to what God is calling mm-hmm. you to do, then this is the blessing that, that God's going to have. Mm-hmm. We see that later, much you know, hundreds of years after Moses, when yeah. the prophet Malachi uh, is speaking the word of God, and it's like, you know, God says, test me. You know, test me. Bring the whole tithe and see if I will not pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Yeah. It, it's that whole idea of you meet this condition and you're mm-hmm. going to see what God is going to do. Mm-hmm. So, so when, when when I shared that, did you have any thoughts on the conditions or? Yeah, absolutely. I I love this about God. Part of the reason I love it is because it shows the hmm, that which is God's right. Because God has the right to put conditions on things. Right. And a lot of people, I think, in the world would say, well, you know, uh, God shouldn't do that. or he should God should bless me just because he's blessings. God. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love it that this basically says, no, God has standards. God has expectations. And, and the thing I love about that is if you take it a step further, is that when God has expectations of you, it means you are valuable. You're worthy of having an expectation put on you. Right. You know, if like, <laughs> like okay, let's let's say I have three pets at home. Okay? I thought you were gonna say three pair of shoes. Three <laughs> pair of shoes. Oh, I'll bring shoes in at some point. I promise. <laughs> but let's say I have three pets at home. I've got a fish, a gerbil, and a dog. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. If I uh, I have no expectations of my fish other than that it'll yeah, swim. Eat, right. Yeah. It'll swim and eat. Don't but, go belly up. Right. <laughs> I can't tell it to do a trick. I can't tell it to roll over. I have no expectations of it because it's not worthy of having an expectation. My gerbil, on the other hand, you know, I might, I don't have a gerbil, but if I did, I might expect it to cuddle with me, you know, if Mm. I'm going to hold it. Okay. But I don't expect it to do what I tell it to do. My dog, let's say if I train it, I have an expectation of that because my dog is worthy of that type of an expectation. It's, it's trainable. But then you take that to the next step of your kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I expect things of my kids. Right. Because they are worthy of an expectation. They're not as low as a fish. They are a human being, and I can have expectations of them. So I feel like when God has expectations of us, it says to us, you're valuable. You're worthy. I don't think of you like a fish. You know, and I yeah, just think I, that's I've never thought of it like that before. I, I do like the thought because I, I find myself thinking, uh, you know, number one, it's like whenever I do premarital counseling with couples, uh-huh. one of the things that I do is give them homework. And the first homework assignment they get is, what are your expectations of each other? Right. And uh, it's one of those things we never think about. Uh, but typically, we probably expect how we saw our parents Right. Relate. Right. You know, I remember, you know, 
my dad always drove when we went somewhere. So <laughs> to this right. day, we go somewhere. I usually you drive. drive. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Robin never said, well, it's my expectation to share the driving or it's my yeah. expectation that you do all the driving. Uh, although before we had kids, if we took a long trip, we always shared the driving. Sure. But now that we have kids, for some reason, I'm doing all the driving, <laughs> which, which is fine with yes, me. Right. But we never clearly communicated that expectation. Yeah. But I think we both had the expectation, some traditional things that, mm-hmm. you know, she would do most of the cooking because I do not have a, a grand menu of items <laughs> that I cook. Yes. And uh, while my kids don't seem to get tired of me cooking the same things over and over, my uh-huh. wife does. So, <laughs> you know, we, the, that, the whole idea yeah. of, you know, these conditions, God expects mm-hmm. something of us. Yeah. Uh, but, but going on through that, mm-hmm. you know, what, what that friend in Tulsa said, that blessings follow obedience. And that really is one mm-hmm. of the keys to understanding the covenant with Moses. And mm-hmm. I, I liked the, the research I did, and I hope it was communicated clearly that the passage of Scripture we read was two months after the Exodus. Yeah. And so they had seen all the things God did with the plagues in Egypt, but yeah. then they saw God open the Red Sea. They walked on to dry land. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they see God cover the Egyptian army with the sea. And then when they're in the desert and they're dying of thirst and they're whining and crying, which I'm certain if I were <laughs> thirsty in the desert, I'd yeah. be whining and crying I too. Probably would you. And they know that God says, Moses, take your staff and hit that rock yeah. and water's going to gush out. Yeah. Uh, you know, Moses, you got to settle all these disputes. These people did not have a lot of freedom. They were not used to having no. to make decisions. So the idea of obedience was familiar to them in the sense mm-hmm. that as a slave, if you're obedient, it all goes well. Uh-huh. If you're disobedient, then you suffer the consequences. And so right. God is speaking a language that slaves would understand mm-hmm. by saying, if you obey me, your life is going to be yeah. blessed. Yeah. And, and as, if we had read on farther in the covenant, what we would also discover is God says, but if you break the covenant mm-hmm. and if you don't do these things and if you're disobedient, here are curses that will come mm-hmm. on your life. Mm-hmm. It, it's the consequences of, of our decisions. Yeah. And that's another thing that I love about God is he's straightforward with us. It's like, you know, you don't have to wonder what's going to happen. It goes back all the way to Adam and Eve. He was very clear with them. If you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're, you'll surely die. I mean, boom, there it is. It, it's amazing <laughs> how that it goes back to that. Yeah, you right, know, that right. God just said, you can do whatever you want. Just don't eat from... Just don't do that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I love it that he tells us what his expectations are. And then he doesn't make us wonder about what the consequences or the blessings will be. He says, you will be blessed if you keep keep my commands and and you will be suffering if you don't. But the other interesting thing that I, I like about the Old Testament, when we think about obedience, and I remember hearing one of my favorite uh, authors talk about this, is that obedience in the Old Testament was very much linked to love. Right. So if you loved God, you would obey him. And that's why Jesus refers back to that same thing when he says, if you love me, you'll obey me, you'll obey my commands. That is wonderful. Well, and I I think too, that when we think of our own culture, what I love is how countercultural all of this is for us. It it, it honestly is. I love that because it helps slap us in the face to say, okay, where does, where does our own culture not match up with what God is saying? And I think that's true of love and obedience because again, in our culture being so individualistic, we think, you know, we're out for number one, we're out for what gets us what we want. Um, and that is not at all how God operates. You know, he says, if you love me, 
you'll surrender yourself, you'll obey my commands, you'll do the things I've asked you to do. He becomes the focus rather than we being the focus. And I do love the fact that if we truly love him, it's out of that love that we obey. Instead of out of wanting to get a blessing or not wanting to get punished, that's not the focus. The focus is our love for him, and then that results in obedience, which results in blessing. Right, and and part of what we learn through this covenant is it actually goes beyond our love for God. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus also said, uh, this is how people will know that you're my disciples, is if you love one another. And and that's one of the, again, the exciting things about this uh, covenant is... You know, we, we read the scripture from chapter 19. You read in chapter 20, and it's the Ten Commandments. And yeah. the first four of those commandments are about how we relate to God. You know, I'm the only God. Don't mm-hmm. worship anybody else. Don't have any idols. Right. Don't misuse my name. Keep my day holy. Yeah. You know, those are all about relating to God. But the next six <laughs> are all about how we relate to each other right. in this covenant community. Mm-hmm. And if if we're breaking those, it disrupts our community it, yeah. it can actually destroy yeah. the the community if we're lying and cheating and stealing and coveting and doing all those things if, yeah. we're, if we're not honoring those that come before us which honestly uh, I understood that in a new way thinking they're headed to the promised land so honor those that came before you yes. because this is a land promised to Abraham yeah. so your days in the land will be long yes and reading through the Old Testament again you see when they didn't honor their fathers and mothers yes. you know I think of the period of the kings where it would say, Oh, this king did evil in the sight of the Lord and did not walk in the ways of his father, yes. who was faithful to God. Yes. And ultimately, their days in the land were short. Were short. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> came not, to an not, abrupt halt. Yeah, not not just that sometimes it was short because people died, but yeah. other times it was short because in the history of Israel, they go into exile. Yes. Um, and so right. it, it's just the, the whole idea of obedience. I, I liken it like this. The... Um, the covenant with Moses, again, as we see, this, just a revelation of how God is calling us into relationship with himself and then now taking the next step. By the way, y'all need a little help knowing how to relate to each other. So <laughs> right. I'm, I'm going to give you this. But but this covenant is not, while it's part of God's redemptive plan, mm-hmm. it is not a redemptive covenant. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the redemptive covenant, God is just saying, because of your faith, you're righteous. You're yeah. you're in good relationship. But here God's saying, but in this life that you live, <laughs> that you need a little help because you don't always get along yeah. <laughs> with me and you don't always get along with each other. Yeah. Uh, God is saying in this covenant, let me teach you how to live in relationship with me yeah. and how to live in relationship with each other, which is still, you know, you, you're talking about love. And mm-hmm. I, I wrote myself a note. Yeah. It's yeah. still rooted in God's grace. Yes. You know, the, the yes. unmerited favor that God gives all people, it's still there. And and when I try to make sense of this, the, the thing that always makes the most sense to me is the this covenant, which is called the law, or I think the word used in the scripture, the translation I read was instruction. Right, okay. I know other places it's statutes or stipulations, mm-hmm. you know, the rules, right, <laughs> however you right. want to see it. It's always helpful to me to think of that in terms of driving. Mm. You know, we have rules for how we drive and, you know, what you have, you know, you drive on this side of the road and if it's a dotted line, you can pass somebody, but if it's solid, it's for your own safety Uh that you don't pass because you may get partway and here comes a truck over the hill. Yeah. Uh, I think of guardrails, you know, (laughs) I I remember driving to the top of Pike's Peak (laughs) years ago and I was so stressed 
by the time I got to the type because you're driving up a mountain and you can just fall off and yeah. there's no stopping. Ah. Uh, and so I was focused. I was yes. in, in intent <laughs> that I was going to make it to the top <laughs> and make it safely back down. Yeah. Uh, but if there had been guardrails, I would have been a lot more comfortable because yeah. if, if, if something happened, I have a blowout, my car wants yep. to go out of the road, that guardrail is going to protect me and keep me safe. And that's yeah. what the law does. Yes. You know, the, the reason we have driving rules, we need to know red means stop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Green. Okay. You yeah. can go now. And so that's how this law is. When God says, don't do this, it's so that we are protected in our relationship with him. Yeah. We honor each other and our relationships with each other. But when we break those, yeah, you know, it's then sad. it gets ugly. Well, and I love, too, that you bring up this this idea of relationship. Because when I think about what is lasting, and I mean eternal, I- I- eternal in our um, lives, <clears throat> it really is relationship. Everything else passes away. But our relationship with God and our relationship with people is eternal. I mean, we we know that we're going to see people we know in heaven. We know that we're going to be with God in heaven. And so the relationships that we develop here on earth have an eternal uh, consequence. And so I think, too, that I love how you talk about with the Ten Commandments, it's really about how to relate to God, how to be in relationship with Him, and how to be in relationship with the people in our community, because those are the things that are going to last forever. The Ten Commandments didn't have anything about, you know, how to keep your body healthy, you know, right. because our body's not going to last forever. And, and yet, as body. you read through the rest of the law, yes. it's like, well, don't eat this don't eat and this, don't, don't eat that. do that. Yeah. yeah, but those, but those core commandments have to do with relationship, and I firmly believe it's because it is relationship that is eternal, lasts forever. Well said, well said. So here's one of the things that to me is really exciting about this covenant, and that is that this happens at Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And again, the history is when Moses first encounters God, if you watch the old Cecil B. DeMille (laughs) Ten Commandments movie, you know, the Charlton Heston playing Moses, it's like before he sees a burning bush, He's always like, you know, if this God lives on this mountain, I mean, it, it's all <laughs> yes. conditional. You know, he's not really sure about the whole God. Right. I don't know if Moses was there or not, but right. at least the character in the movie was. Yeah. But it is at Mount Sinai that Moses encounters God, and God says, look, you're going to be the one that's going to lead my people yeah. out of their, you know, slavery mm-hmm. in Egypt. Um, and now that they're leaving Egypt and they're headed to the promised land, they're, they're going to this land that's been promised, and they stop at Mount Sinai, yeah. which is where Moses had lived before. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I'd ever really thought of it like that uh-huh. before. Um, but where Moses meets God mm-hmm. is now where the people are going to experience the God mm-hmm. that he's sending. And so since this is a conditional covenant, uh, God is speaking to the people through Moses to mm-hmm. say, okay, You've seen all I can do. Mm-hmm. You've seen I have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. But now we're in a covenant that's conditional, and you have to choose if you're going to follow me or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, I, it's, it's a mountain of decision yeah. that literally will alter the course of their lives. It, you know, And we know Moses goes up, and the people we're like, where's Moses? Because they were so codependent upon right. <laughs> his leadership. Yeah. And that's when they go to Aaron and say, we think Moses is dead. You're yep. in charge now. Uh, you need to make an idol for us to worship. And people could say, mm-hmm. well, that breaks the rules. Well, they didn't have the rules yet. Right, <laughs> it, right. It does break the rules. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, kind of makes you wonder if God's going, oh, 
We better add this one, Moses. They're making an idol down there. (laughs) (laughs) Edit those commandments. I I don't think it does, but (laughs) you know, it just makes one wander. Um, But you know, after that whole incident with the golden calf, Mm -hmm. this is what Moses says. And after they enter the promised land, Joshua, Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. succeeds Moses' leadership, is saying, "Okay, you got to choose. Yeah, you got to choose." And that's what I love about the setting of this. This is a place of choice. This is Mm -hmm. the mount of decision-making. Yeah. Are you going to be faithful to me? Because yeah. I'm always going to be your God. Yeah. I have chosen you. You're going to be a nation of priests. Right. I've chosen you, but are you going to live in the way that you need to live mm-hmm. to honor mm-hmm. my choosing of you? Which is so relevant, again, to us today, because God always gives us a choice. How amazing is that about God, the God of the universe who can just speak a word and the stars fall into place? loves us enough to, number one, expect something of us. Right. But then, number two, to give us the choice. I mean, it just blows my mind. Because, <laughs> because Adam and Eve had that choice yeah. in the original relationship yes. God planned with people. You know, And they do, chose do, differently. Do whatever you want. Just don't eat. And yeah. they get seduced by the yeah. serpent. And, yeah. <laughs> okay, God's got to figure out the new thing. But here's God still saying, here's my way. Yes. You got to choose whether you're going to do you it or not. You choose it. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, wouldn't it make sense if he would have, if he would have chosen to do things differently, if he would have said, I'm going to make these people do this and, and not give us a choice because of what we had done previously, that was still in our DNA, you know, to, to sometimes choose badly. And, and the fact that he loves us enough to give us a choice every day, to me, it is just, a remarkable thing about God. And, and God was always telling the people, you are a stubborn and rebellious people. <laughs> you know, he nailed that I, on I, the head. I have a witness. <laughs> you know, exactly. I really do. Uh, oh, you, you know, but in their rebellion, um, the amazing thing is God never forgets that covenant yes. with Abraham. Yes. I'm going to redeem you yes. as my people. And, yes. and the weakness or the, the hard part of really gripping this covenant is because it's law, because mm-hmm. it's stipulations, instructions, rules, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, people think, if I just check the boxes, right. you know, if I do the things God says do, and I don't do the things God says that I shouldn't do, then I'm going to be righteous and spiritually mature. Mm-hmm. And, and really, the, it's not just checking the boxes, no. uh, because so often we can do the right thing mm-hmm. from the wrong heart. Right. And what God really wants is our hearts. Yes. And uh, that's part of what we'll look at next week in the yes. covenant with David, a man who was after God's own heart. And, yeah. and we learn a lot about how God relates to us through David. Yeah, I love that. And I am so excited about it. So friends, I hope you will tune in next week as we talk about David and we continue in the series. I also hope that you will check us out on Sunday mornings and come hear the sermons for yourself. We would love that to see you on site at 815, 930 or 1050 or check us out online. Facebook Live, YouTube Live at 815 and 1050. We're so glad that you've joined us. We're glad to be a part of your faith journey, and we hope you have a great week. Hey, friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, Maybe it'll work for you. God bless.